Good morning, everyone. The Mary Griffith Show is underway. Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Full boat today as we talk about our veterans. And uh got to get my paper here. Oh, it's so far away I couldn't reach it. Joining me is the newly crowned superintendent of the uh, Veterans Association here in Quincy, and that is Paul Havermail. Welcome to the Mary Griffith Show. Well, good morning, Mary. Let me adjust my crown a little bit here. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll learn all about what your job entails. Also joining us today is the chairman of the Adams County Board, Kent Snyder. Kent, get that microphone right in front of you. I can't. There you go. Move it all over. Right. There, keep going. Kent Snyder is here, and, and you're here primarily because the Adams County Board has provided the funding for all of this. We have, yes, and we're happy to do it. Okay, we'll talk about that in just a minute. Okay, Uh, Richard Elson Peter is also here, and, you know, he's always observing, but he'll have (laughs) pithy comments later on. So, Paul Havermail, we've done a couple of news stories about this, but I want to hear from your own mouth. What is it that you are named to do? What are your goals and objectives as you take over this new post? Well, the Veterans Assistance Commission of Adams County... um, it's established in counties uh, through state legislation that um, is to assist in a kind of similar to what general assistance does on one side of it uh, to help specifically for veterans. It is funded through the county, and I have to say the county has been wonderful to work with uh, to date. I'm not saying that because Chairman Snyder's here. I, I, I firmly believe that and, and applaud them. But uh, our main mission is to basically help uh, veterans, their surviving spouses, their families, uh, basically have a, a good quality of life the best we can. We help them, uh, as I said before, with general assistance type assistance, emerging assistance. Uh, we can help them with information, and, it, and uh, once we get fully trained, we'll be helping them uh, with their VA claims and VA uh, appeals. So we will be kind of a one-stop shop for veterans. The VA continues to be a problem. It's it's improved dramatically, but there's still some problems with the VA. And part of the problem is, and you're a veteran, so you can talk to this, and I can't. Um, you know, if I break my leg in combat, everybody knows I broke my leg, and there's a documented, you know, doctor's report that I, you know, had a cast and I hit. But if I break my mental capacity, if I suffer a injury that either physical but doesn't show up for a long time like Agent Orange, or may show up pretty quickly but is a mental injury, well, where did I receive that? How can I prove that that is related to my military service? Why does our government say we support our veterans and then we have such a hard time getting veterans to get the assistance they need? I wish I had an answer for that, Mary. I I don't know. Uh, Frankly, uh, my personal opinion is that uh, obviously, there's a there's a financial side to that. All of this help costs money. Uh, unfortunately, that sometimes is the uh, determining factor. I, I really believe, uh, you know, we do make it a little bit. Well, I'm, that's I'm qualifying. We make it way too hard for our veterans to get the help they need. Uh, one of our goals is to work with our medical community uh, to get. Uh, our paperwork done properly the first time, and we're going to hopefully do some training with our uh, medical providers and have some kind of go-to providers that will know exactly what the VA is looking for, and we can we can plug that information in and hopefully streamline that process from the first time instead of having multiple rejections and reapplies. Well, hopefully the VA clinic, which is uh, in a new 
brilliant uh, big building out there on the east end of town will be able to help you. Of course, they're already treating people who have qualified. Mm-hmm. You still have to reach the people who have been uh, rejected from the system, I guess. Is there any way to track that? Is there any way to get a list of people who were turned down, or is that confidential information? We will be, once we're fully trained as veteran service officers, uh, we will have access to the VA system and be able to plug right into that. So we should be able to, if somebody comes to us, we can see where they're at and, and what their uh, what their status is. Um, in some VACs, in other counties, they allow the, the service officers at the VACs to um, case manage or even to the point of power of attorney. Now, I'm not advocating for that uh, to where they can, the service officer can actually do the appeal and all the stuff for them. Um, that's a, a comfort level for the uh, person asking for help. So um, at a minimum, we can definitely see the, the system, we can see the status, and we can see where we're at. And if they're rejected for that, there may be something else you can help them with, like a utility bill or making sure they have housing. Because really, you're trying to treat the whole person. Some veterans just need a little bit of help navigating a government system. Others really have some severe problems. They don't have adequate housing. They don't have, you know, enough income to maintain a suitable lifestyle. And they're also under the radar in that we don't track them when they leave. We no. say goodbye. <laughs> we hope you have a great life. Um, call us if you need anything. And if they don't call us if they need anything, we find them sitting on the side of the road. We don't see it here like we do in the big cities, but it is here. It's absolutely here. We we have been official since January, well, I guess, 2nd. Uh, we're right now. We're renovating our offices and trying to get that up and running, which will be a few weeks. Where but, are your offices? Uh, 3701 East Lake Center, Suite Three, which is kind of in the back of what used to be the Shaw Building, if you want to call it that. It's it's the Works uh, Building now. Uh, but like I said, we will, um, you know. I lost my train of thought. I lost there. my train of thought, too, because you changed you, the address. I, changed, I, I said, where are you? Uh, you're going to be trying to work to get um, people identified that need help. Oh, yes, yes. That's the big thing about the VAC that we want to do. Typically, veterans, and, and Rich speaks to this quite often, typically veterans will uh, are reluctant to ask for help because they've always been the person being the protector and the helper and all that kind of thing, and they're very reluctant. So we want to get the word out there very quickly that, um, you know, You've already earned this help. It's not you're not asking for a handout. You're asking for maybe a hand up or just maybe even just somebody to talk to. Now we're not counselors, but we've got some common terminology that we from being veterans or spouses of veterans or whatever that's affiliated with the VAC. Uh, we have some terminology and shared experiences that that maybe might be a little bit more of a comfort zone for folks. Uh, the other thing too, you know, you, you mentioned need. Uh, we've been official since. Like I said, the second. We don't really have a physical office yet. You're one I, week old. I'm one week old. <laughs> uh, but we have had five requests for services already. We've, wow. been, we've been able to help, too, with just some information. I'm having a meeting with the Veterans Home tomorrow uh, on another case, and the other two will be more of a case-managed kind of thing. So uh, there is a need there, uh, and we're, we're uh, chomping at the bit to fill the need. Okay, let's bring Kent Snyder into this. Kent, as the chairman of the Adams County Board, each county in Illinois is entitled to have a VAC, a Veterans Assistance Commission, but they have to fund it themselves. So the Adams County Board determined that this would be a useful use of taxpayers' money. Would you please tell us exactly how you're funding this, or should I say how the taxpayers of Adams County are funding this, and at what level? 
Well, it will show up on your tax bill. On, uh, it's in the levy, and it's, uh, what was it? Uh, we do 25 cents? Uh, 0. 0.025, 0. 0.025 on the levy. And it's, uh, uh, it's like we do other things. I mean, the ambulance department has a levy. So it's very uh It's very small though because it's not twenty five cents, point zero two five two and a half cents. Yeah. Two and a half cents. Some people are going, but why it, are they gonna do it, all uh, that money? But it generates good money for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then once they get up and running they are uh able to do grants and, and so forth. And that's where the real money's gonna come in. So this is seed money to get them started. Correct. You've got two and a half cents out of our property taxes that's gonna fund them, get them up, get them going. Obviously, if they are successful, they will generate their own revenue in a sense from productive citizens and from grants. So you're just trying to get the ball rolling. Correct. And it was uh, it was kind of funny to uh, when we were putting it all together, and and Paul was coming to us, and and Rich, and <laughs> and uh, they're they're you know uh, when do you want me to do this presentation? I, and I said, Paul. You do know that this is a slam dunk. You don't even need a presentation. Anybody in that room that would vote against our vets <laughs> would be a single term. <laughs> would, yes, it would be definitely a short-lived uh, term. So it, it was a slam dunk, and, and and just Paul's enthusiasm and his knowledge. I also told him early on in this thing. I know you're just putting this deal together, but. You'd be a perfect leader for this organization. Well, we're glad you've chosen him as a leader. And, of course, Richard Delson peter has done great work. He's been on my show every year for every month for two years talking about this. Now, I'm going to ask you the hard question, though. Yes, we all want to support our veterans. But is throwing money at them going to support them? Because if they refuse to come off the street in the homeless situation to get the mental health counseling, if they refuse to uh, access the free soup kitchen, if they refuse to take a housing voucher... How is money going to help them? I mean, that's a human mental illness need almost that money can't solve. So I want to ask you what you think a strategy would be, and then I'll ask the superintendent, Mr. Havermill, what he thinks. I don't, I don't know what the strategy would be there. And, and you know, uh, whether they're veterans or not, we do have a mental health problem in Quincy, and there is nowhere for them to go. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's scary. It is. I witnessed this the other day firsthand. I was at a social service agency. I was there for a total other reason. And a lady came in, and um, she asked for an agency. And the soup, I was there, and the receptionist said, okay, it's up on the second floor, blah, blah, blah. This woman was obviously in a mental health crisis. She was a young woman. She's probably only 30, 35 years old. Young woman. Uh, she'd been to one case. This lady had taken her someplace to try to get her housing. Of course, they're full. Mm-hmm. So the YWCA has a supporting housing, but that's a long-term thing. This woman was an immediate, like she wasn't mentally capable of being by herself. Of course, she refused help, and now she's at this other social service agency raising cane, causing a ruckus. Should the police be called? You hate to incarcerate somebody like that. But, you know, she's got all of her worldly possessions in a suitcase and says she doesn't live here. Wow. Wow. This happens. And like you said, this is something that everybody feels compassion for. But if you refuse to go into a housing unit because you mentally think that somebody's out to get you or it's paranoid. I mean, she absolutely refused to even go upstairs and talk. I mean, she was adamant that she was not coming in the building. She was in the building and she left. I mean, those kind of things are hard to deal with. They are. And... um, 
there's going to, you know, there are mental health professionals that can deal with that. So I guess, Mr. Havermail, and I know you have some personal experience with this. We all do. I've got mental illness in my family, myself included. Um, What is the step that can be taken to try to engage in a trusting way? And that might help the veterans that another veteran is, is doing it rather than an agency. And that's the thing that we've talked about since the very beginning. Rich, Rich Ellison Peter has talked about that extensively, is that this is a little bit different in the fact that, you know, the first thing we want to do is uh, get that person that's in, in need or in crisis in the door. We want to make it a, a nur- or I don't want to say nurturing, but a comfortable environment um, for them. And I think, again, that, you know, having some shared experiences with the uh, being in the military will help somewhat in that. Again, we're not counselors, but we, we plan on extensively networking with, as we said before, our medical uh, community, our uh, mental health community. We're tied into that already. You know, uh, Rich and I are involved with, together with Tri-State Veterans, which mm-hmm. is the suicide prevention, which is actually the reason we're here uh, with this uh, conversation today. But uh, all of those things need to be brought to bear, you know, for the, for anybody in crisis of any type. You know, mental health is obviously, um, you know, more obvious when it's happening. If somebody's ranting and raving and and you know having a problem, yeah, what do you do? So my strategy for handling that, as you mentioned before, would be obvious. You know, we need to get them to the. We want to re- create relationships with the organizations. When we have somebody like that, it's not, hey, can I get them in next week? I want to have the relationship with all of these groups that we can go in and say, hey, I've got somebody. We need to talk to you today. We need to talk to you right now. Can I drive them over to your place? That kind of thing. Where you're the trusted, or you or some of your volunteers, or somebody is a trusted person yep. that they will trust. More of a more because of a I felt so ad- sorry for the woman who was trying to help because I didn't realize I became more involved and I'm like Griffith, stay out of this. But you know <laughs> I can't. You know I got to try to help a little bit. But this poor lady that brought her there didn't know her from Adam. Just mm-hmm. you know was trying to be helpful. So and now and then she's like, hey, I'm out. I'm leaving. And I'm yeah. like, you can't just leave this woman here. She goes, I don't know this girl. Yeah. I don't know her. I just gave her a ride here. Oh, boy. It really. But like you said, if there was some way that people because a lot of problems with mental illness is a paranoia or feeling that things are against you. This is legitimate to them. And so they need to have that trusted person who will then introduce them to somebody that they trust that can maybe talk to them and help them. So there's a lot to be done. There's a lot to be done for those who don't have mental illness that are veterans. And there's a lot to be done. For those that do have mental illness, it's almost two separate categories of people who need your help because one may be reluctant to access because they feel they don't need it or they don't deserve it because, you know, after all, they were always there to serve others. And the others are just desperately need help, but maybe unwilling to take it at all because of other reasons. So it's a big job. Yes, it is. Uh, Okay. And Richard wants to say a word or two. So I've got to get Richard's microphone turned up here. Richard, talk to us. Mary, to answer that question about money. Yeah. First of all, the Adams County Veterans Association Commission is not here to take anything away from anybody else. Right. We are not here to replace any of the other great organizations. We are here to help augment, facilitate, and work with all of these other great organizations that are around the county. Says, and I am not an advocate for just throwing money at things, because I, in, in my own humble opinion, money is not always the answer. A lot of times when a veteran is in need, that is wanting help, is looking for assistance, he has waited. Since that veteran mentality has always been, I'm strong, I can take it, I can hack it, 
they wait till the very, very last second, till there is no other choices. And then they come in and say, hey, I need help. So our job is to help let them know that we're here for them, that we are there to guide them, direct them, listen to them, hear their story. Because so many times veterans that are in crisis, they just want somebody to listen to them and to validate their situation or what's going on with them. So I think Paul is one of those. Uh, when we were looking for that superintendent for the VAC, we were looking for somebody that has the passion and didn't care about what is the salary or what is the hours or where are we working. They just had a passion for helping veterans. And Paul was so high on that list. Uh, matter of fact, in the middle of um, December, when we um, actually called him and said, You're, you know, congratulations, you have been selected as the um, superintendent. He says, well, when do you see that I started? I'm like, Paul, you have started. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to get paid until January. Paid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you have yet. started. And, and he did start, yeah. Yes, and he, he has been working diligently very, very hard in the last, you know, two, three weeks uh, on his own time, on his own money, uh, to help get this set up and run and um, put together. So that's, you know, that's the kind of person we were looking for. That's the kind of person we want to run and be at the helm of this um, organization and to get the um, hire the rest of the um, staff in that same vein. So, Okay. Before we take a break, I want you to give a chance to give people a way to get in hold of you. I mean, you're going to stay on for the next segment, but let's get out a phone number or some way to contact you, a website, so that folks that are out there listening know that now there's somebody in that superintendent seat that they can give a call to. Uh, we are currently working on getting our website on the Adams County website uh, put together, but we do have a phone number. It's 217-515-2822. 217 vac is our phone number that will be answered right now i'm answering it <laughs> but uh but uh if there's something that you need uh, we don't have a physical office up and running just yet but if you need something that i i can help with i will certainly uh i'm not going to turn my phone off okay we're going to take a break head up to the ursa farmers cooperative see what's happening up there this report is brought to you by rex battery Go Illini, go Mary Griffith. I like that promo. Thank you, Brian Barnhart. We are talking today to Paul Habermail. He's the new superintendent of the VAC, the Veterans Assistance Commission. Very good, the VAC. Their number is 217-515-2-VAC or 217-515-2822. Kent Snyder is also here, the chairman of the Adams County Board. And, of course, as always, Mr. Richard Elson-Peter is here with Tri-State Veterans Support and together with Tri-State Veterans. Uh, we've talked a little bit about what it is and what they do. How are they going to reach out? What are your goals for the VAC? And I think that's something that maybe um, we want to talk about. And then any misunderstandings. So obviously, uh, Chairman Snyder, when the Adams County Board gave the money for this, uh, two and a half cents per $100 assessed value comes off your property tax to pay for this. You obviously had some idea of some goals that you wanted them to achieve within a reasonable amount of time, 12 months, 24 months. What were some of those things that you were hoping to achieve? Well, really, once they get up and running and start serving the, the vets that need them, uh, more than that was the have someone in that position that had the knowledge and the ability to write uh, grants so that they could... Uh, double or triple the amount of money that they would have to serve the people. 
And this is why the whole thing came about. And I think Richard was the one that may have discovered this or some other people. You, Paul has a great background in city government. You know, there's money out there, but without a group that will have expertise to apply for these grants, all the money's going to Chicago or someplace else. The money needs to be captured here in Adams County. We need to get our fair share of the pie. Uh, because the Veterans Association, the Veterans Federal Government, is going to give away money, but they're only going to give it to those who request it. Therefore, right. you have to be in a position to request. And so this grant writing, they ought to teach this as a course in college. You could be imminently employable. I mean, I think my brother does this for a living, mm-hmm. and it's amazing, yes. amazing that the more you do it, of course, the better you get at it. Yes. And it's really kind of arduous and not very fun sometimes. And it's so nitpicky. And I imagine when you deal with the federal government, it's really super nitpicky. But tell us about some grants or some money that you're hoping to obtain. You've only been on the job for a week. Right. You should have $10 million in by now. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, but what, what kind of things are you looking at? Uh, well, I mean, Rich has been a great resource for uh, grants for veterans. There's some other grant opportunities that I'm familiar with, you know, through, as you said, the city, uh, city government uh, that I was affiliated with. Um, I did some grant writing uh, through that time or assisted with grant writing. I've done some private grant writing. And I did some grant writing when I was at one of my at my uh, first profession uh, to get some school funding for security issues and things like that. So I understand the grant writing process pretty well. I actually have the opportunity for a grant, and I don't want to disclose too much about it because it's competitive, um, that is probably or not probably, maybe, uh, going to allow us to get to purchase some transportation uh, specifically for the back. It's in the in the twenty five to thirty five thousand dollar range. If I if I get what I'm I'm thinking we can get. So, but that's another problem. There are services available, but how do you get to them? Yeah, exactly. That's one of the things a lot of VACs uh, will fall back to as a, a primary service is getting the veterans to and from the services they require. So uh, getting them, in our case, to Iowa City or Columbia or, or um, you know, back and forth to the uh, veteran clinic, even in town. You know, some for some people, uh, going to Iowa City is just not even thought of because of how hard it is for them Doesn't to get the there. Doesn't the veterans home have a bus that yes, goes? Yes, I believe they do. But yes, is it so. only for people that live at the home, or can other people get uh, on board? My, my understanding is that anybody can utilize okay. it. But yeah, you have to go on the, the day they're going. Thing, yeah. Exactly. So, but, but back to the grant writing thing, yeah, I mean, I think that's... Um, you know, I don't want to. I, I, I want to manage expectations. Don't want to promise anything other than we're going to give it our best shot to get everything that we can get. Uh, that we not leave anything on the table that could have come exactly. to Quincy or Adams we're, County. We're going to collect it if we can collect it uh, and uh, use it uh, properly. You know, the great thing about this is we have one in Adams County. Are you aware of any other local county that has one? Are we kind of out here in the middle of the a, belly button nowhere? A like does assistance? Brown, Pike, do, do do any of those have it? A VAC? Yeah. Uh, I think the next closest one is McDonough County. Okay. Yeah. Macomb has one. Springfield mm-hmm. has one. Okay. Yeah. And I think of the of all the counties in Illinois, I think we're now the 40. I think I read from the association the other day they're up to 48. Okay. So right? we're in the top. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. the 46. We were the so 46. So 50%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So fewer than 50% mm-hmm. of counties have VACs. And we're one of them. So, and again, everything is always harder in the rural areas. So we, we know that to be true. We know that to be true. So goals, one of the key goals is just to generate more income, to get more money in here 
Uh, and obviously, you're going to have to start some kind of publicity campaign mm-hmm. with the phone number and everything else. And of course, WTAD stands ready to help you with all of that. Um, what are some misunderstandings or misconceptions about this? Because a lot of people say, oh, God, Joe, we don't need another layer of, you know, duplicative bureaucracy. Here comes Richard to. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, probably the, the, the biggest uh, misconception or, mis- or fear that we're hearing is that uh, you kind of hit it, that we're, we're duplicating services that already exist in the county or that we are creating some sort of bureaucracy. Um, I, I see this as, strict, as, as, quite frankly, the opposite. As Richard said before, uh, we want to augment what's already here. We have VSOs out the veterans' home already. We anticipate, and we will be, more nimble. Uh, we'll have a different uh, hour structure and all that, but they do great work. I, we aren't taking anything away from them. Um, we want to do some of the things that they're, they're not capable, or not capable, they're capable, but not allowed to do. And uh, we think we'll work hand in hand uh, or hand in glove with those guys. Um, you know, some of the other things that I think people have a misconception on is that we're just creating some sort of bureaucracy, as I said before. The big thing is, is this, I see this office as being the, you know, the big scissors cutting the red tape rather than getting mired in the red tape. Uh, we want to be able to pick up a phone and get something done with that veteran sitting across from us uh, immediately. So, um you know, as far as getting mired in red tape, obviously there's requirements. If we if we give some direct assistance, uh, general assistance guidelines and, and Illinois Department of Veterans Affairs guidelines, but other help we can give immediately, and we're going to do that okay. uh, because if we're you know I'm going to tell the staff if you're not ready to help somebody sitting across from you. Excuse me. If you're not ready to help somebody sitting across from you, you're in the wrong business. And, you know, they're not going to have to necessarily come out to your office because if Mm -hmm. I know you and I do not well, but I know you and your work ethic is excellent, as your colleagues have said. And you're not going to just be sitting out there at 3701 East Lake Center Drive going, I don't know why nobody's coming in and asking (laughs) for help. I'm sitting out here from 930 to 430 every day. You know, you're going to be out at places where veterans are likely to be and you're going to have information at places where veterans are likely to be because veterans are everywhere and uh, they are a group that does want to help their fellow people and they may be able to identify somebody that you know that's having a problem. Um, I know it's a court case and it's still so we're not going to get into the litigation of that but two by fours for hope had done a great job building tiny homes specifically for veterans. That group is still in litigation. Um, They haven't been as active as they have been in the past. Is there any, what can you say along the housing front? Because I know Chairman Ken Snyder will also agree, and Adams County agrees, that housing is one of our biggest problems. We could, we can't have any more business here until we can get some workers, and we got no place for anybody to live, so we've got some real problems. So how is housing going to affect, play into this? Because that is really a problem. A lot of veterans have some real issues with housing, especially as they age. Uh, correct. And I'd like to say, I mean, to sit here and say the VAC's going to have a major impact on increasing our housing stock in Adams County, that would be a bit of a stretch for us. But uh, until a person has a stable place to, to stay, nothing else really matters. Um, as far as any of the other stuff, as far as two by fours for hope, or uh, two by fours for hope, the the veteran village and all that, I have no direct knowledge of that. But I do think Richard, Richard, might have you have got some information about that? Because I know uh, used to announce that they had, you know, we're going to build another one. Um, I 
I was the president founder of the Tri-State Veterans Community, Veterans Community Village for the first two builds. Uh, so we gave our first one to Michelle. We gave our second one to Jonathan. After that, I handed that over to, um, you know, two-by-fours to run. They changed things. They modified things. They got themselves into trouble. Uh, but I find it very interesting uh, that this subject was even brought up because at our meeting Thursday uh, with the Together Tri-State Veterans, I had brought up that one of the goals that I would like to um, have on our list is to get into either renovating um, tiny homes that are in the community or to build tiny homes to give to veterans again. So uh, it is veterans housing is a major issue. Housing in the community is a major issue. So if we can go ahead and start renovating houses uh, that are, the city is having trouble with or the county has trouble with and, you know, out in the county, we would love to, you know, get back into that. So. Ken Snyder, please comment on that as the chairman of the Adams County Board. Well, um, it's funny that that actually comes up today because at finance meeting tonight for the county and at our board meeting tomorrow night, we do have a plan, a housing assistance plan. We, we did set aside a million dollars of our ARPA money for a housing program. And working with Gretaf and, and Kyle Moore and Brett's been working on it, We've got some ideas for a plan for some assistance, so that will be that will be the hot topic at the board meeting tomorrow night. So it's not just exclusively for veterans, but veterans could be included in those people who need this housing assistance. Yes, they could. There's going to be incentives to build. There's going to be incentives to buy uh, or to uh, uh, remodel, re- mm-hmm. renovate. So you renovate apartments for veterans or whoever needs them. So uh, this is going to be a big deal and a big uh, shot in the arm for housing. We hope. I am so ignorant about housing. What does a million dollars do? Now, if you're going to build a brand new building, a brand new home, that would build not even 10 new homes. But as far as renovating, and, as you know, you're not giving them 100%. You're probably having some kind of match from the landlord. But how many apartment units or how many dwellings are we talking about? Is it 20? Is it less than that? Is it more than that? Well, I, you know, I did. I haven't seen the the actual formula that they came up with. They just really, literally, I talked to Brad about this morning, mm-hmm. and it's on the finance. Well, he would agenda. know. I mean, he's in the real estate business. He would know. Well, yeah, he he knows. We well, we did identify the shortage. We know well. where the problems are. But, you know, I mean, we're talking about, you know, if someone renovates uh, an apartment, you know, maybe $10,000 or 20000 toward the renovation. Right. So that way a million dollars can go a very long yes. way, but you've got to get people to make yeah. that match. Yeah. yeah. So we have, you know, uh, incentives that way. We're talking about incentives uh, maybe with a low interest loan for uh, $20,000 toward your down payment. We have lots of options. Okay. So if you're doing it. 5, 10, 20 at a time, we can do a lot of work with many bucks. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to that, and you're going to be my guest Wednesday morning on the Mary Griffith Show. Okay. Okay. So we'll talk about what happened. What about what and happened? And about what happens. Thank you, Paul Habermill. You'll be a regular guest, I'm sure. Richard Elson, Peter, don't make yourself a stranger. We want you to keep coming. You're the, you're the, old, you're the old guy. You're the original. we got to keep you back. And, Mr. Snyder, we'll try to have you on in a more... Sure. Regular basis, Chairman. Mr. Snyder. Your Chairman. eminence. We'll try to have you on <laughs> on a more regular Mary. basis. Ten months. Ten months, and he's out of here. He says his filter's off. I can't wait. You won't believe the questions <laughs> I'm going to ask him. Thank you so very much, all of you. Thank you. Thanks, Mary. Thank you, Mary.